cannot disappear. Maybe hit him high, but what else could he do? He can't disappear. In slow motion, it looks a little bit bad, but accidents happen. They do. He's done his knees. Yeah, he's done his Well, this is incredible. Now will come the magic sponge. There it is. No scissors, no tape. Bill Just Bill. a dirty old sponge and it's worked. A sponge could wipe out a pandemic. It could cure us all. Welcome back to the Magic Sponge Podcast, a miracle cure for all your rugby league injury issues. I'm Brian Sini, the guy behind the NRL Physio social media stuff. Uh, look, I've got my co-host, super coach expert, James, you're back, and you would be riding on a high with the underdog Broncos overcoming the uh, you know premiership favourite, uh, Cody Nicarima, starting at halfback, oh, sorry, fullback, Redcliffe Dolphins, mate, how are you going? Yeah, very well, Brian. Good to get the W over the Dolphins in the, what they call it, the Brisbane Derby. So that was good to see. Fair bit going on in the cricket as well. I've, I've figured out this week, Brian, that I don't know what a catch looks like anymore because <laughs> the Mitch Stark catch, no catch thing has brought out the best of the internet and I'm here for it. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week for me so far. Hopefully the Aussie boys bring it home tonight and we can go 2 0 up. Mate, between the stuff on socials about the cricket and then the uh, Reese Walsh uh, judiciary stuff earlier in the week, Twitter has been like I've I've had my problems with Twitter in recent times. You know, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a draw at you know having having to sort of wade through all the blue tick mania and all that kind of stuff that it now is. But man, this week with Reese Walsh and now the cricket, it has been a grade, and I love it. Yeah, I'm here for it as well. It's just absolute carnage, that's for sure. Yeah, mate. All right, guys, as always, this is where you come for all the things NRL injury analysis. We talk about the injuries that have just happened in the round. Gorn and the guys in the casualty ward updates during the week. What does that mean for your team, for your players, and also for your super coach and fantasy team? So if you find yourself getting value out of this content, it's only the tip of the iceberg. We go much more in-depth over at patreon.com slash Physio. Head on over there. You'll see all the write-ups. Uh, big one on Pappenhausen, who we'll discuss a bit tonight, but that one during the week. Big casualty ward, very in-depth, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, head on over there. If you've got any questions about it, just send me a message. Uh, but otherwise, let's get into the injury wrap for round 18. I don't know exactly what he's done. I would have thought it was an ankle, but I, I'm just guessing. Well, he shouldn't be out for a long period of time. I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor. We have to wait for the scans, obviously, but that'd be more positive than, than negative. Round 18's in the books again this week, Brian. First game of the round was the Sharks demolishing the Dragons. Two injury concerns out of this one, Braden Hamlin-Nuelli with a rib concern and then a bit of an update again about Jack Bird um, making repeat get repeat guest appearances on the Magic Sponge at the moment, Jack Bird, isn't he? Mate, Jack Bird's almost a friend of the show at this point. Um, I think I might have sent him a, an inbox on uh, Instagram maybe last season to try and get him on, but uh, unfortunately brushed us. But we've spoken about him enough anyway, so he probably qualifies. Uh, he came out during the week. Look, I, I don't want to keep talking about Jack Bird every week. It's the same thing that I said. He's going to be dealing with it all year. Um, you know, just something he's got to deal with. I, I just found it interesting during the week that he gave an interview sort of talking about, I've had scans. My scans say I don't have any osteoarthritis. It's no cartilage concerns. It's mainly tendonitis you know all that kind of stuff um so yeah I, I look i think in any sort of uh knee that's had you know multiple acls you're going to have some structural damage it's it's 
yeah, it's, it's impossible to not have some sort of wear and tear, particularly on the meniscus, um, which, you know, then can contribute to things like tendonitis and all that kind of stuff, increase your risk of, of those kind of things. Aggravating, we, we've seen it, you know, time and time again with him this season that, yeah, I think you just got to, yeah, jump off uh, well and truly so. But, yeah, I, like hopefully there's not too much sort of cartilage degeneration there and he's someone over the next, you know, few seasons, he's got Flano coming on board, who he's a coach who he obviously, um, you know, has played under before at the Sharkies, I think, um, and potentially, uh, you know, played some of his best footy there as well. So hopefully... The next few seasons look a bit better for Bird. Uh, and then Braden Hamlin, Ueli, he suffered a rib injury, I think, almost in like the first minute and then kept playing it out. He knew he had something, came off, it got really, really sore. They tried to needle it up. So they were querying a fracture versus just a rib cartilage aggravation. If it's a fracture, it's usually kind of that three to four week mark just to allow for some healing. Um, but if he can avoid it, he, he should be back relatively quickly, but, you know, I mean, how many times have we talked about middle forwards on this show uh, trying to play through rib cartilage injuries and, and the effectiveness going down? So ha- Hamlin Mueli, not really all that super coach relevant, I wouldn't have thought anyway, James. No, I wouldn't have thought so, Brian. Like, they're pretty deep at the middle position there, the Sharkies, aren't they? Yeah, I think probably the one thing I was just reading, actually, when I went to the casualty ward, um, Dale Finucane's facing... Is it uh, like two-week suspension or something like that? So if you've got him and then you've got uh, Hamlin yeah, Ueli, um, you know, with his with his rib injury too, someone like Cam McInnes uh, might be a little bit more attractive, like for draft players and stuff like that. He could be, um, yeah, he could be a good little shout over the next couple of weeks. Nice little pickup. I think he should be yeah, playing good. Origin anyway, to be honest, but... Well, yeah, if he was wearing Maroney, he probably would have had a few yeah. games under his belt by now, to be brutally honest, but... Just not the vibe that New South Wales want to take. But we'll move on to the Warriors versus Rabdos here, Brian. Only one update here. Campbell Graham, sternum injury, which he's been carrying for many, many weeks now. So they really in that pre-game. Sounds like they're going to rest him through to round 21, which I think for the Bunnies is pretty prime time for them because I think Luttrell's um, looking at round 21 return. Campbell Graham's round 21 return. Jai Arrow's round 21 return. And Jacob Host is as well. So they could have all the cattle back on the park by round 21. Do you think Campbell Graham at round 21 is a good aim? Yeah, I think by then, like this is another one we spoke about it with Latrell last week where, you know, he was almost real out for round 21. And I think it was just the bunnies kind of just going, I don't want to put him through the pressure of like the, like it's not worth putting him through that kind of into origin camp, out of origin camp for like for a dead rubber. Um, I, I think, Look, I'm not in the Rabido system, obviously, but that's just kind of what it seems like. He was obviously hurt enough to miss this week, which is fair enough. But once again, I've got no doubt if next week was a live origin um, and that was, you know, that selection was on the line, I would be shocked if someone like Latrell and Campbell Graham weren't like chomping at the bit trying to play for that. So I think the fact it's a dead rubber definitely plays into that. But the big thing I think for me personally is it makes me even hungrier to have Luttrell in round 21. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I was just looking sort of down towards when we talk about Supercoach Corner later, but geez, Luttrell stands out as a round 21 selection, doesn't he? I think he's just a must-have if the Bunnies are fully fit and firing. Um, They've got a pretty good draw in the run home too, but they've also got that late buy, which is a little bit of a – a bit of a spanner there, but I think he could be scoring you enormous points on the weekly there, Latrell, couldn't he? 
Yeah, big time. I've got a, I've got a real curly one, curly question to throw at you for uh, for Supercoach Corner, mate, surrounding Latrell. So I'll I'll leave the listeners' appetites, you know, war- like ready to go, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that in Supercoach Corner. All right, really good, Brian. So we'll move forward to the next game, which was the Storm versus the Panthers. This was a very good game of football, actually. Um, so Scott Scorinson was a net concern almost. It looked like a bit of like a burner sort of type injury from my initial view of that. And Will Warbrick was ruled out with concussion. He displayed Category 1 symptoms on the field there. Do you want to give us a bit of an update about Scott Sorensen, Brian? Yeah, mate. I was neck deep in like shifting furniture um, when this game was on. So apologies to anybody who asked about Scott Sorensen. I literally didn't get to see the injury mechanism until about 30 minutes ago. Um, This is Sunday night, so it's taken me a while to sort of get around to that. Uh, Yeah, look, a really innocuous one to the point where I I think I'll try and put up a post on it tomorrow. He didn't, it wasn't much in it, uh, but it did uh, cause that lateral flexion of the neck. So for those like non-physios, I guess, or you probably can surmise it from your own, um, you know, intelligence anyway, but lateral flexion is where your ear kind of goes towards your shoulder. So he, he copped a blow and it pushed his, I think it was his left ear towards his left shoulder. And what that can do is the nerves that run out of the neck, the left side of the neck and down into the arm, it can kind of pinch those nerves as they come out of the neck there because those joint spaces kind of clamp down. He was really affected by it to the point where, like, you could see him sort of wringing his left hand, you know, trying to get the feeling back in it, probably getting some burning, some pins and needles, some tingling, all that kind of stuff. So there definitely, I think, was probably more concern there initially than there is now because it sounds like the Panthers like, oh, it was just a bad burner and stuff like that. The only thing I think you have to watch out for there is is going down the the path of like a Satili Tupanua kind of thing where if they go and they find a really bad um, disc bulge or something like that, yeah, look, they don't all end in surgery, obviously. That's worst case, and it is quite rare. But still, he could need, you know, three, four weeks off to let a, you know, a disc bulge kind of settle down if that is the case. Um, it's not sounding like that at the moment, but it is still something on the on the table at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary, Brian. I wouldn't be adding anything else into the mix there. Um, I guess Warbrick's going to be the 11-day stand down. There's probably not much too much... Not too much more to mention there for the Storm vs. Panthers, would you agree? Yeah, mate. Well, 11-day stand down in normal circumstances. <laughs> yes. Who knows, Who knows what true. rules are going to be broken? Yeah, very true. Raiders vs. Titans was the next game there. So, Philip Sammy, hamstring tightness was ruled out pre-game. And Pasami Solo was a concussion. He had Category 2 symptoms on the field there. A really interesting video that you put up there, which is obviously an awful outcome for Elijah Anderson. He was a player from the New South Wales Cup who tore his patella tendon. That was one of the more graphic videos I've ever seen, Brian. You should make that not safe for work when you put stuff like that up. Yeah, it's there's always the – and I know people say, you know, it like why don't post that stuff? It's really graphic and all that kind of stuff. Look, like from my perspective, like unfortunately that's kind of our job, right? Like we see that kind of stuff all the time. I know I get feedback when I do post that stuff from medical people who follow me, whether it's students or whatever, um, that it's really valuable to sort of see that kind of stuff and see how, uh, you know, how these things happen. Um, so, yeah, I do apologise if it does, you know, freak out, though, that kind of footage. 
Uh, I, I certainly don't do it to freak you out. I, I definitely want to try and educate as much as possible. I know, like, unfortunately or fortunately, it's a bit like the Dr. Pimple Popper kind of stuff in that those graphic injury, you know, videos are always going to be the most looked at by, by you know, what it seems in the in the numbers and all that kind of stuff. But that's certainly not... Um, you know, I, like I find that stuff really, really interesting as to, you know, what his knee was doing when that patella tendon ruptured, you know, the, the physics and, and the mechanism behind that really interests me from that perspective. So unfortunately, yeah, like that was a really, really nasty one. Um, quite a rare injury. We only probably see one to three maybe every season. That was definitely the clearest one I've ever seen on video. Um, you know, you actually see his kneecap shift up, in, up into his thigh, which is you know, really, really graphic. Uh, but that's what they all do. Um, you just often don't see it in video. Uh, so he'll be facing surgery uh, at least six months. Uh, like it can be up to nine months. And it's just a really, really tough rehab. I pretty much put it on par with Achilles in terms of not only a tough rehab, but then a tough return to performance. So uh, by all accounts, Elijah has had a fair bit of trouble uh, with injury in his career so far. So yeah, thoughts go out to him and hope he's all good. And then, yeah, Pasami Solo with a concussion and Philip Sammy, the hamstring tightness pregame. It doesn't sound like um, a strain or anything like that. And the Titans may need him next week because it sounds like uh, AJ Brimson is heading off into Origin Camp, which I'm a big fan of because I, I love love me some Brimo. But, yeah, I think they'll need an extra. Or or maybe um, they've got uh, Jaden Campbell there. So he potentially, Philip Sammy, might not be needed to rush back in there. But I'm sure on a bye week it would be good to have him. Yeah, I agree. He's been very good for the Titans this year, Phil Sammy. So hopefully from their perspective, he's not missing any more games of rugby league football. Cowboys versus the Tigers here. This was one of the most one-sided games I've ever seen in my life, which was a bizarre turnaround from the game that was only how many weeks ago now, like five or six weeks ago where the Tigers put 66 on the Cowboys. So what is a funny old game, isn't it, Brian, when you see scores like that and you see it reversed a few weeks later? Only injury concerns out of this one because everyone's square meat pies. It wasn't too many <laughs> things to talk about apart from Scott Drinkwater looks like a minor quad issue. Doesn't look like that's going to cost him any weeks on the sideline, does it? No, mate. I think it was just precautionary. Uh, it's worth asking because I think as soon as they drop it on the um, on the telecast, people freak out about it, especially when he's a big uh, super coach or fantasy player. But, yeah, it sounds like he carried a bit of a tight quad during the week. He's another guy who I reckon should be playing Origin. So <laughs> that's, uh, mm. you know, another another one of those, uh, you know, if he was playing Origin this week. But uh, I think the Cows will be happy to give him the bye week off and then he should be uh, he should be all good heading into, uh, into round 20 after their bye. Yep. Broncos versus the Dolphins was the next one there. Weird seeing this one at the Gabba. Just was... Oh doing some bad things for my autistic football brain when I was seeing seeing the square field on a on a circular ground just didn't didn't really agree with me for those reasons. The angles, the vectors just wasn't really really right for me, Brian. But anyway, we Broncos only got home because there was a bit of individual brilliance in this game. I think the Dolphins were probably the better team, to be fair, but I think Popo and Farnworth were just probably the difference with a couple of individual efforts. Um in terms of injuries, Jeremy Marshall King is again a mention on this one. AC joint yet again is an aggravation. Thinking that might be longer there, but you might be able to update us further on that one. Um, Vin, Finn Diesel, Felice Kafusi, he was ruled out with concussion after failing his HIA. He displayed Category 2 symptoms on the field. Um, Payne Haas is a mention in here. Um, 
ankle aggravation or was it low-grade hamstring injury there, Brian? I can't recall um, what we need to sort of mention here tonight from from that point of view, but I think there might be some doubt on his selection for New South Wales if it's a hemi concern. And then the very last two would be a bit of an update on Tommy Flegler, who's been reported as a Liz, Liz Frank injury, and then Jordan Ricky, who's been reported as a plantar fascia or stress reaction type injury. So if you've got any timeframes on those ones, that would be very, very handy if you've got them up your sleeve, Brian. Mate, I'll first address the uh, the result of the game. Like it's just a it's just a clear case of one team, you know, being without all of their star players. I mean, how did you expect the Dolphins down? You know, two of the biggest stars in the game in in uh, Lee Cousins, Branko, and Edric, both in the rehab. This is group. true. Yeah, one can, of the most destructive backlines you know, in, in NRL history. Undefeated in Queensland when they're playing together, like you, you're yep. missing the, a combination like that. How how do you expect the Dolphins, the poor old Dolphins, against a full strength Broncos? You know, not missing anyone who I could think of of any substance. Uh, mm. Yeah, just just you know, the poor old Dolphins missing their two star players. So we'll we'll you know definitely leave it at that in terms of the poor old Dolphins. But, yeah, look, Flegler and Ricky. So Flegler, it was the opposite way around to how it was initially reported by the media, which we'll also talk about in with Payne Haas in a second. But So Flegler has a Liz Frank injury, which is a midfoot sprain. Thankfully, he doesn't need surgery, but it still is a tricky injury. Uh, they're hoping he's back in three to four weeks, but that would be best case. We speak about Liz Franks on here all the time. Anything through that midfoot taking longer, um, can take longer because of the tricky nature of the rehab and the forces that go through that. So they're hoping for three to four weeks. Ricky, he has like a plantar fascia injury slash bone stress reaction. He's going to miss at least six to eight weeks. The thing that would be more like in my mind, and I'd be interested to get your take on this too, like I can't think of many plantar fascia, like plantar fasciitis kind of things that would rule him out. Like even a tear, like ruling him out for six to eight weeks seems like a long time. My initial gut sort of, you know, thing when I first saw this was that it's probably the bone stress reaction that they've kind of gone, right, you need to have six to eight weeks off. Is that kind of the gist that you got as well? I almost read that as a turf toe type thing to me, Brian. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's sort of, you know, making a leap too far there, but just given the time frame that they want him to deload yeah. that, I wonder if we're dealing at something more at maybe like that sort of more distal or peripheral end of the plantar fascia rather than like the insertional like heel end. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm only trying to sort of figure out what I would expect to see or where would I, where would I expect to see a stress reaction along the, the main branch of plantar fascia. And I don't know, like you don't see calcaneal stresses that much. No. Wouldn't be wouldn't be out of the question, but my sort of thinking would be, is it, is it maybe more of a turf toey type thing? But again, when we saw Ricky get um, or sort of hobble off the field that that game, it, it was fairly innocuous, wasn't it? So it may be something that has been underlying there from a yeah, like a stress fracture pers- perspective, maybe navicular, maybe. I was thinking maybe, even maybe calcaneal. Like I don't know. Like even a metatarsal or something like that, no, which once be. again no. through that midfoot, like, you know, you'd probably get a little bit of pain in your plantar fascia as well, mm. um, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, like I can't see like a, even a torn plantar fascia. You're usually seeing guys out for like three to four weeks. So to have six to eight weeks. Yeah. And Ricky was initially reported as a Liz Frank, which makes me think, you know, was it something in through uh, that that's mid, good point. midfoot that they've kind of gone on, oh, no, it's more plantar fascia slash stress reaction 
you know, uh, there, there's a bit of smoke and mirrors. But anyway, he's someone who I was happy to jump on, Brendan Piacura, because I can't see any of either of those guys coming back earlier than expected if what has been reported is accurate. So I'm pretty confident in that. Payne Haas, it was initially reported as a hammy, and I did a post like it was a hammy, but then it was clarified later in the afternoon that it was an ankle aggravation. So I think, um, you know, and I posted at the time, and to your point here, like if it was a hammy, I'd almost rule him out of origin pretty much straight up. Like I think I, I can't see him getting up and down in 10 weeks for a dead rubber on like a minor hamstring strain. But the ankle aggravation, apparently he's, well, he does. He's got like old... Um, like scar tissue and stuff in there from previous like syndesmosis repair surgeries. So it, it was apparently an aggravation of a previous ankle injury. So I wonder whether he's just had like a slight aggravation of the scar tissue with that syndesmosis repair. Um, usually that's a pretty quick recovery. So as we sit here tonight on Sunday, I mean, I'm sure the, the team news is kind of filtering through. I, I haven't got any notifications pop up just yet. Uh, but Twitter has been playing up, so who knows? But um, yeah, I I would say he's at least a chance. Whereas this morning when I first heard Hammy, I was like, yeah, no chance. Felice Cafusi, uh concussion. Yeah, look, obviously I look, it was a cat two, but I would say just hazard a guess that he's had more than five concussions in his career, which would mean that he needs to sit the 11 days out. So I would say he'll be looking at 11 days. And then Marshall King with the AC joint, like, man, we I think we spoke about it last week. We get a lot wrong on here, and we will try not to ever revisit that so we don't have to dwell on uh, how silly we sound. But when we get it right, we'll dwell on it over and over again. And, geez, didn't we um, say get away from Jeremy and Marshall King with these AC joint aggravations? And, yeah, look, mm. an, another aggravation. Uh, Wayne Bennett was saying, like, he might be out for the rest of the season, which I think is just ludicrous. Like, unless unless they're just going to shut him down for the year and sort of just try and get him right for next, you know, next year. But... There's no reason unless he has done further damage to it to a point where it needs surgery that he would need to have what's there left in the season another nine weeks. Like no, I yeah, I, I so... can't remember. I can't remember a, a, an AC joint taking nine weeks that didn't need surgery ever in you know in mm. my time tracking this. So look, he's going to continue to be an aggravation risk even when he does come back. My thought would be if he hasn't aggravated it like sorry hasn't damaged it further that he's probably looking at sort of two to four weeks in that range but once again two to four weeks you know maybe what Wayne's saying is in two to four weeks is that his way of saying that the Finns are going to be out of contention and what's the point of bringing him back at that point not that they're in contention at the moment but out of contention of sneaking into the eight or something like that uh so yeah look I I I would be shocked if he's out for the season legitimately because He's, you know, because of his AC joint. But, yeah, I mean, what what's your read on it, mate? I, like, I just can't see him missing the rest of the season if, if it is truly No, just it would AC. be very unlikely, wouldn't it? I'm just looking at the ladder at the moment, and you guys are in 12th, but you're only two points out of the eight. Oh. So you're actually not miles and miles away, and there's eight – well, they've got seven games of footy left, so – and one bye to go. So, uh, like, you, you could see it, but it might be a little bit tricky – um, to get to those points because I'm looking at the teams above and you're looking at the teams in the eight that may drop out. It's hard to sort of see a team that's probably going to drop out from there. Like the Cowboys are looking like they're hitting their straps. The Titans have sort of 
had their moments. Like the Eels are still coming good. They've gone five and zero in the last five weeks. The Warriors are still pretty sound. Like the Raiders are sitting there in fifth on twenty four points, and they're probably the odd team out for me. I think they look like probably the weaker of the teams at the top eight there, but it's a, it's a bit of a logjam there at the bottom end of the eight. So I don't know if Wayne's thinking about shutting him down. It might well depend on how they look in, you know, three to four weeks, hypothetically, if he's got a really high-grade AC joint injury um, or re-injury or further injury. Maybe it depends on how it looks at that point in time and then they'll reassess where they are in the season. I think that would be my um, way of looking at it, Brian, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. I think... Um... Yeah, that's that's the. I mean, two two points out of the eight. Effectively, what I took from that is that uh, the magic sponge road trip for a Broncos Dolphins grand final is still on for later in the year. Still alive. Yeah, it's got a pulse. <laughs> like it's it's barely got a pulse, but it's got one. We'll, we'll hang on to that for dear life. Last or second last game. Sorry, Brian. We're going to move to the Bulldogs versus the Newcastle Knights. Turns out that Kalen Ponga is still pretty good at rugby league <laughs> football is what I took from this game. So he can still play rugby league football at a very high level, especially wearing fullback. Who would have thought? Injuries from this one, though. Two from the Knights here. Jackson Hastings with a quad strain. I think this was on the minor end of things from what I gather. And Dane Gagai was a plantar fascia concern, and I think he was ruled out pre-game. Is that correct, Brian? Mate, on Ponga, just quickly, I think we got this right two ways in that, number one, we said he's a massive risk for concussion, so don't go there. And obviously, unfortunately, that happened. But then number two, we were, like, I'm sure heaps of people, it wasn't like we were hot-taking it saying, what the hell? But we sort of had that medical justification, too, of, you know, put him in a spot where his instincts are pure, where he knows his game, you know, he knows what he's looking for, all that kind of stuff. He's going to be more comfortable. And not only is it going to lower his injury risk, it's also going to increase his performance and lo and behold, you know, we were absolutely 100% right. There were no other factors at play. It was just us absolutely nailing it. Yeah, I agree with that, Brian. I think he came into fantasy considerations. We spoke about him in about round, I think it was round 13 when he wasn't named for the Maroons. And at the time, we sort of thought round 13 or round 14, 14 definitely bring him in. Um, and he's paying big old dividends for oh, fantasy football enthusiasts at the moment, isn't he? Mate, if you didn't have him this week, yeah, it was... I mean, a lot of people went big this week, so there's a lot of big scores out there. But, yeah, you definitely wanted you wanted Ponga this week. Uh, Dane Gagai, the plantar fascia pregame. This is your classic one of, like, you know, he's got a plantar fascia injury and they're saying a couple of weeks. So, I like, I it, it is something that Gagai's going to have to manage for the rest of the season, don't get me wrong, but it very rarely results in, like, several weeks on the sideline. It just does limit performance when he does return in terms of that push-off and stuff like that. Uh, Jackson Hastings with the quad strain. This is an interesting one in that I haven't gone back and had a replay. I did sort of have this on as I was puttering around this afternoon with the kids, and it looked like... He suffered a quad strain booting the ball into the crowd, um, like late in the game. Yeah, after he scored. (laughs) So I don't know if that's legit or not. Like he might have suffered it in the run to scoring. And then like, you know, but it just looked a bit funny. Um, It looked like he kind of strained it as he kicked the ball into the crowd. So that would be one of those, you know, it's not as bad as some of the ones we've seen. I know especially you and I are big NFL fans and there's been quite a few guys, uh, you know, suffer ACL injuries and stuff after celebrating sacks or, you know, things like that. So not that bad, but uh, yeah, to be wouldn't be Hastings' best effort if he suffered a quad strain booting the ball into the crowd. 
no, it certainly wouldn't be. It'd be one of the more comical ones that might get a run on um, the Magic Sponge Awards come the end of the year, Brian, I think. No other things to talk about through that game there. If you really feel for the Bulldogs there, they got absolutely pumped. Um, and I think there's enough effort there. But, yeah, getting done by 66 is not a good look. Last game of the round, so Manly Seagulls versus the Roosters. This was actually a pretty good game in the end. Uh, Jake Turpin was a concussion out of this one, Category 1 symptoms on the field. Um, and then pre-game in training, so Joe Suwali'i and Billy Smith apparently had um, diagnosed concussions from a training accident, Brian. Do you want to fill us in on um, what may have happened in that scenario? Mate, I, look, I don't know a club. Like, like, I couldn't name you a club that's been close to the Roosters in terms of concussion in like the last five years, like the, and this, you know, it's a, it's an isolated week where they've, you know, had Turpin in, in the game and then two with Suwali and Billy Smith. But there, like, there is just so many concussions rolling around at the Roosters. And I'm, I mostly put concussions down to bad luck, but it is just crazy, crazy how many they have had in the last, you know, five or six years, uh, yeah, so all these guys, I think uh, they've got the bye next week, so it means that, you know, they're all a possibility to return after that. But, yeah, I think the main thing here is I just wonder, you know, like to, if you, you know, if they're on the Roosters medical staff, are they just kind of putting all this down to, you know, bad luck, which is mostly what concussions are um, a lot of the time. You know, obviously they had a collision at training and those kind of things, which, you know, what can you do about that? But yeah, I, I just I don't even know how you would uh, how you would address it if you kind of identified that your club was suffering way too many concussions in different things. But yeah, I would I would say yeah, just off the top of my head, and I have followed this stuff relatively closely over the last few years. That uh, yeah, the Roosters are just right up there in terms of concussion numbers. Yeah, I, I honestly could just sitting here scratching my head about it as well because you make a very good point, Brian that. It seems that every time there's there's a Roosters player mentioned or repeat um, concussions, it's, it seems to be like the tricolours that have got some guys affected there. So hopefully, from that perspective, there's you know maybe some things they can they can look at moving forward. Maybe it's just a bit of luck going their way moving forward. We sort of had the same conversation between um, each other many years ago about the Panthers being snake bit by injuries, and then they've had one of the best runs um, you've ever seen with injury, haven't they? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so it could be something that easy. We'll wrap up the round 18 injuries there, Brian, so we'll put that to a close. We're going to talk about the Patreon questions next. So patreon.com forward slash NRL physio if you want more questions answered, if you want to talk cricket, if you want to talk rugby league, if you want to talk any sport to Brian apart from the things that you hold near and dear, get on patreon.com forward slash NRL physio if you want to do that and get some questions shot his way to Brian. First question is from Patreon. I'm a fiend for a Pappy update, you and me both, to this this person writing in. So I'm holding him in draft. Let me know why the latest video of him running means that he'll score me 150 in a finals game. That's very well written. I like that. <laughs> Look, I'd love to uh, tell this particular patron, guarantee him that uh, Pappy's going to light up the finals, Supercoach finals. Nothing would make me happier as a massive Paps fan. Uh, but yeah, look, I, like I'm still, I, d- I did a bit of a write up on him a couple of days ago, uh, went through it a bit more in depth, but the news is look, he, he was running well. Um, we all saw it on the video on Instagram running really well. Uh, and the word is that he'll return to team training out of the buy that they have in round 19. 
So, yeah, look, generally it doesn't like, – we've spoken about this like many times and this doesn't change my – like he had to he had to run at some point, right, like in the recovery and this was about when he needed to start, you know, hitting those big speeds to sort of get back because if he's not – if he's not doing that by now, like we're now at round 19, like to try and get from there to returning before the finals or around the finals, which is what he had aimed for – He's not going to get there. So he needed to tick that box around now. Uh, yeah, I'm still expecting, you know, another three to four weeks to sort of build to some form of return. I expect that via Q Cup, then a couple of weeks in Q Cup. Uh, NRL return, you know, somewhere before the end of the season, maybe that's sort of around 25, 26 kind of range. But then I'd be shocked if they throw him back in straight at fullback. They, they've brought him back from concussions in the past off the bench, you know, to gain his confidence back. I'd say they'll do the same here again. So, yeah, I, I, I like I maybe if your finals extend to sort of that round 27-ish, you know, you might get a full game out of him in round 26 potentially. But then my biggest question is, and I'm sure you'd be the same, is like we're, we're sitting here talking about Pappy coming back and his return date and stuff like that. But I'll throw to you, James, what, like, where do you sit in terms of his performance when he comes back? Because that's my sort of, I, I guess, biggest question mark at this point in time. Yeah, I, I tend to think you, you're you taking a pretty big gamble if, you, if you're thinking that you'll keep him all the way through and get him for, you know, hypothetically round 27, round 26. They've got the Titans and the Broncos in those two rounds. So even round 27 is probably not a very attractive play regardless. So you might get him for round 26. You might get him in round 25 if you're really lucky with the Dragons maybe having an early holiday, but, yeah, I wouldn't be really wanting to hang tight there with Ryan Pappenhausen. I'll tell you what, if we could get him in um, Queensland Cup for the Sunny Coast Falcons in the feeder team, which is in my neck of the woods, we could see him in person, Brian. We could we could have a, we could have run the full eyes over him and see where he's at. Mate, 100%. If he returns for the coast uh, and it's either in Brisbane or on the coast, we are going. I'm I'm a hundred percent there. They'll be yep. they'll be up and about. I know you have many Sunny Coast Falcons jerseys when they're flogging them off for about ten bucks a pop because you messaged me about it and I didn't get on in time. But uh, yeah, no, all about that. I'll be all over him. I just think my main thing is yeah, just that performance. You don't know what he's going to be like. Like his recovery has been so extended. Um, yeah, it's just like he's an okay last spot on your bench at best. Yep, agree. Second question here is about cricket, Brian, which is right in my wheelhouse and yours as well as a, as a fellow cricket nuffy and cricket tragic and test cricket nuffy. So give us what we really want this week. What are the GOAT's chances of bowling again in this Ashes series? This is about <laughs> Nathan Lyon and his calf injury. He doesn't have real big calves, does he, The Nathan Lyon? He's a pretty lean unit, but he's obviously got a fairly high-grade injury there from what has been reported. Mate, this, this brought out something, and we all love, you know, as you said, we love our cricket. I'm sitting here watching England, unfortunately, put on a bit of a partnership in the background here. Uh, they're on, what are they, 168 for four, so we need to break through soon. But uh, the, like, he's played 100 tests straight. I did not know that. I Like, that totally blew me away. I was like, it makes sense because I'm like, I can't remember the last time there was a test match without Nathan Lyon. But playing 100 tests straight is bonkers, hey? Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. It's 
it's one of the, the great records that I can probably think of. He's the only um, bowler to do that. I think most of the other ones have been bats. That's like the Cameron Smith like of cricket, right? That that unassuming, like you look at his body, the old body of an accountant kind of situation, and you're like, this guy's you know not going to go well. But yeah, just keeps putting up, keeps turning up. Look, I I'm pessimistic on his chances of being available um, in the next well month, probably. I, I will say that I'm not sitting here knowing the Ashes schedule, so I'm not sure. We've got three tests le- left to go. I'm assuming that's going to be wrapped up in the next four weeks. Would you like? Do you have any more insight in that? Yeah, so I think the schedule is literally – it finishes in a month. So, right. yeah, it's in the next four weeks. Those yeah. three games are done and dusted. It's a pretty tight schedule for the Ashes. So, yeah, I think you need to put a line through Nathan Lyon's name for the rest of the series, unfortunately, which is which is sad. But I think Todd Murphy's a pretty good like-for-like replacement there. He was quite good in India. So I'm pretty confident in Todd Murphy's ability um, to get spin to win for Australia for the next few games. Yeah, I like it, mate. I um, yeah, I just I just can't see, you know, in, in through the ball. I know he's not a, a fast bowler, but it, it still requires a lot of force through the calf. Uh, you know, sort of coming in to bowl through that bowling stride and that kind of thing. And then not only that, like when he's batting, like you can't expect him to go out there and do what he did the other night, where he just doesn't run. You know, and, and so he's not going to go out when. The, the calf isn't okay and just be an absolute dud bat. So, yeah, I, I'd, I, I'd be shocked if he's back um, back this series. Yeah, I think you can you can rule him out pretty comfortably based on what we saw. Um, it's going to be really good um, finish this game, Brian. Yeah, like you said, I think we're, what are they, four for 170. So they're just ticking along at the moment in England. So we need to break this one up and uh, rattle through the tail there to hopefully get us up 2-0 in a pretty good test series to date so far. Last question from Patreon, Brian. No, we're going to go back to the rugby league there, change our, change our scenery again. What's the go with Eli Katoa? First, it was a week out. Now it's two weeks and he's had surgery on his eye and he's out for a month. Do you know? anything about the specifics of what's going on with Eli Katoa? No, no specifics. I, like, I don't have much to sort of say here because the Storm haven't really said much. The one thing I will say, and it was something we spoke about when it first happened, is, is when you start to get away from that musculoskeletal kind of stuff, so hamstring strains, AC joint sprains, you know, all that kind of stuff, once you start and talk about vision, you know, like when we talk about the throat, and you know, guys who have throat fractures and those kind of things, as soon as you're talking about it, like, it's not as clear-cut. Like, things are a lot more... As much as musculoskeletal, we can sit here and be pretty accurate about, oh, yeah, grade 2 hamstring, you know, four to six weeks, that kind of thing. Uh, as soon as the eyes are involved and stuff like that, it, it's very volatile. You know, it can be a week or two, or you can get a week or two in and be like, oh, no, this is no good. My vision still isn't coming back. I've still got blurred vision, stuff like that. Um, we need to have surgery. Uh, and, and they might find, you know, when they go in for surgery, they might find some further damage that they didn't know was there beforehand. So, yeah, all I'll say is once and, – and we'll talk about it every time because I, I make an, a, a point of saying whenever we get away from those muscle strains, those joint sprains, those you know those kind of things which we talk about more commonly and we're starting to talk about more medico, medical issues, it's just a lot more unpredictable. Would you – you sort of kind of on the same wavelength, I guess? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I haven't seen any other detail um, that would confirm or deny any suspicions that you have. I think the 
The storms sound pretty conservative with it, so it must be something that's reasonably concerning. Um, maybe they don't want him to do you know, high-intensity physical activity to put extra pressure through any of those structures in the eye if there has been any sort of surgical repairs there. So it's a... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that the Storm was sort of um, taking a sort of softly, softly approach. But I was going to throw one more at you through, through Patreon here. Do you reckon Reese Walsh should have got a three-match ban? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, mate. Give, give me it. Give me it. I want to hear it. So, like, my biggest thing with it is I think he deserved some form of punishment for the way, like, the way his pattern of behaviour was developing, right? Like, I think he was getting to a point where he wasn't treating referees with respect, um, but I am flabbergasted, and I think Denham Kemp has sort of got on, and I thought Andrew Webster argued really, really well, and I think there was a fair, there must be a fair bit of information that we weren't privy to, because from what the public saw in terms of, you know, we got told the NRL has to prove guilt, um, you know, like you have to assume innocence. The referee has put in his report that he didn't know what he said and like he didn't put a, the referee didn't put the complaint in and all that kind of stuff. I am shocked that he got suspended. Like I, I think he deserves something, but I am absolutely shocked that because my thing is if you've come to the conclusion that Reese Walsh has said to the ref, you F and C, right? If if Reese Walsh, if that is what you have decided, three weeks for me is a joke. It should be way longer, like way longer. If you've called the ref an F and C, you should be gone for six to eight weeks, in my opinion. So I'm kind of like, if you have done that, how have you only given him three weeks? Like, I, I just think it's, I think it's an absolute cluster F, if you ask me, James. I Like, I'm sure as a Broncos homer, you're kind of similar. Yeah, well, um, yeah, obviously got the Broncos bias plus <laughs> plus in this scenario. So I just I cannot understand the ins and outs of what's got to this decision. I think if, like you said, the, the pattern of behaviour there, yeah, the carry on, the layering up, there was getting a bit too much from Reese, and and he's really you know obviously hurt himself and the Broncos and the Queensland Maroons as well. So it's, that's a bit sad to see. I will say where the where I feel like the NRL have let themselves down. Like you said, if if that was the case, I agree a further suspension would have been better. But the other thing in me, and this is a conspiracy thing, which is where I default to, so I'm sorry about that, Brian. It's just, it's just my weakness. But you've got game three, you've got a dead rubber. Imagine putting Reese Walsh front and centre and making him the villain. Wouldn't that be good footy and good yeah. entertainment? I don't know. That's just me. I'm just thinking you put Reese Walsh in lights, you say, oh, he, you know, we, we gave him a light suspension and he gets origin. Can you imagine the blow up and the media cycle <laughs> and all this and that? And, and it just makes the game three a little bit more spicy. I don't know. I just feel like commercially the NRL miss opportunities like this to build drama, to build, you know, a passionate one-sided vitriolic take that you obviously don't get all the time. That's just my thought. I don't know. Is, is that a, a really spicy conspiracy theory? No, there, just mate. To it off? Like I, I said it last week, I think, I think the best, like, or one of the better solutions for this kind of thing is to make them go back 
to junior footy and like ref some games or do something like, you know, like I know he's very, uh, you know, he's very apologetic and all that kind of stuff and said he's going to change and stuff like that. But I was even talking to a few patients during the week who, um, you know, working around like winter manly seagulls and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, you know, if, if a guy like that came back to, and I'm sure they do like, don't get me wrong. The, the players do a lot of stuff for the junior clubs and stuff like that. But yeah, just putting him back in a situation. I just think personally, that would be um, much more sort of valuable for the game as a whole, as opposed to once again, you know, like I just wonder if they've actually come to the conclusion that he definitely swore at the ref, because if so, I just, yeah, like to your point, like, you know, if he, he misses origin, he should miss, he should miss way longer. If he, if you have really determined that he called the ref an F and C and like, yeah, I, I think what you're talking about there, I'm really interested to see how this next couple of weeks goes because, it, you know, you you see the whole origin is dead tropes come out. Now, obviously more from, you know, like I think Queensland gets accused of it back in those lean years of the early 2000s and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I'll be really interested to see the build-up and then how many people actually go to the game because it is, I think, people are off Freddie, it seems, pretty heavily. Mm. Um, I think he's going to have to pick a pretty vibey team. Like, I think if he runs out the same old guys again... I just don't know how much excitement there's going to be. Like New South Wales might prove me wrong, and I'm sure they do uh, get origin in their own way. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see how the build-up goes for that with, as you say, you take that away, and AJ Brimson comes in, who's a fantastic player in his own right, but there's no uh, like uh, there's no fire in, in AJ Brimson coming in. There's no, you know, I, I guess rivalry there. He's a quietly spoken you know, like he's going to play really well and not say much about it. So, yeah, I, like I think it's a really interesting sort of move into the origin period. Now, mate, what everybody has come for, and I'm really excited because I'm going to need your expertise here. Supercoach Corner, before I get your um, team, I just want to mention, like there's obviously going to be some massive scores this week, but uh, scrolling through our leagues, in uh, this Magic Sponge Invitational, uh, Clint and his team run it straight, scored s- over 1,700 this week and had a 10 from Will Warbrick as an auto-emergency in there. So I think if anything sort of illustrates to you what a bonkers week this was, that does, because to have 16 players effectively score you 1,700-plus just crazy. I know in our sort of home league, I scored over 1,100 in draft, which I think is the highest score I've ever scored in my entire draft career with 13 players. Uh, mate, I just wanted to slip that in there first as like, how good am I? And now let's throw to you because you had a great score this week. Yeah, we had pretty similar scores, didn't we? Looking at um, the results here, Brian. So I was one four nine moment on Sunday night. So I didn't trade at all this week because like I said last week, I'm down to seven because um, I'm a slut for a trade. So I just have to like keep it in my pants for a week or two just to make sure I can have a team that survives. So for round 19, I don't really have any plans to make any trades um, before round 19. I've got 12 pending origin selections and what actually happens there. I guess in terms of round 20, the, I've got sort of five guys written down here. So I've got um, Jeremiah Nanai, 
David Fafita are probably two big targets at second row forward. I guess Jeremiah Nanai started very poorly, but he's just gone like 80, 80, 100. Mm. Um, Dave Fafita speaks for himself. He's um, had an amazing year at second row. Um, I had him and traded him out. I'm sort of looking to trade him back in. Um, another couple, Joe Tapanay, 80 in base. Looks pretty, pretty attractive, but probably not one for me, given I've got um, Tino Fastu in Malawi and also Corey Horsburgh in the front row. So I think he'd be one if you're looking for a front row. Uh, Joey Tapanay hitting 80 in base is one to look at. Ken Munster will be cheap as well. He's, he's in sort of like that mid-600s range, which is pretty attractive. And then at fullback, i tell you what, Scott Drinkwater, you can't deny how good he's going at the moment scores-wise. He's having an incredible season. The Cows have done something. I don't know what they've done, but they're playing lights out footy again. And then, like we mentioned before about Latrell Mitchell coming back in round 21 with the Calvary for the Bunnies, they're really, really, really attractive options in the fullback position for mine. So I think they're, they're probably, I've mentioned six there, but they'd be ones that I'd really want to get in um, probably at that round 20, round 21, if I possibly can, and, and roll the dice on um, getting through the rest of the season that way. How did you go this week, Brian? That's me and my plans. What are yours shaping up like? Mate, one four nine seven. I'm a three point better bloke than you this week, which you know, fantastic upgrades. Be kind to me, please. Uh, I traded back in for feeder because a bit like you, I traded him out uh, and just saw how he played last week, and he could have scored more. Like I thought he, I don't know if you saw the game, he deserved a try right before half time as well. Yeah, like, yeah, that was I a controversial call. A yeah. Um, like he is just an absolute. Lock like you just if there's anybody not considering trading him in like if he gets your origin fine and he's going to back up you just have to bring him in like he is just a lock for almost I'd say he's a lock for ninety plus most weeks which is just bonkers also bought in Piacura just as downgrade you know get some cash those kind of things I've got twelve to thirteen for next week pending origin selections with like Nico stuff like that so. Look, like I want to read you, and this is what I wanted to get your thoughts on. So I sat down during the week, um, had a few few nights to think about. So I had my plans for round 19, 20, 21. So my plans were for round 19 was go Schuster to enough and then Sonny Luke to Reed Marnie. Uh, to get like, because uh, I'm a bit nervous about having Cook there for that round 20 buy and having Sonny Luke there. Then I was going to go Johnson to Cleary, uh, so, like a center wing to Latrell, and then um, a forward to Hass or Tino. But, mate, to be honest with you, with like Reed and the Bulldogs look, looked horrible today. And I guess my biggest question to you is. Do I? Who do you think is more valuable? And I want your take on Drinkwater versus Latrell. This is really going to kill me all week because the way I look at it is you get one more week of uh, Drinky over Latrell because yeah. Drinky's mm. not going to play next week, but he plays round 20, which Latrell doesn't. But then they both have another buy. So I think the, the cows are like round 24 or 25 and then – the, the, yeah, 24, yeah, yeah, you're right. And the Rabbits are 26. So mm. Drinky is going to be like, what, 100 grand more expensive, but you're going to get an extra week out of him. Their draw looks okay in parts. I know they have Panthers, but I think I think they have Panthers. Like really, yeah, the Panthers last. That's what I mean. And the Panthers are going to rest people in the last game. 
That's a fair point. Right? So I'm kind of like this could like totally throw me in that do I because the the Sunny Luke to read Marnie was going to cost me like 250 grand and what I'm considering mm. doing is just screwing that off playing Sunny Luke in round 20 or whenever it is or getting him as an auto emergency yeah. and just rolling with Drinky from round 20 on but oh man, like I want Latrell as well. So James, yeah. I, we can revisit it. I'm sure closer to it. But what does your gut say at the moment? Well, just have a look. So Drinky's priced in at what's he at the moment? Priced in at eight ninety, I think. Yeah. All right, he's not cheap, is he? No, that's typically top. That's it's a lot of money. But I do yeah. have a fair bit of money. Like I like I've got three hundred fifty grand. Yeah, and. Like I've got plenty of options of guys that I can like. I've got yeah. like even an Asako, right? Like that's my thing. Is like the I brought in Asako a couple of weeks ago, and Asako's been fine. But mm. I'm like, do the Dolphins really have that much upside in the next yeah. however many weeks? Yeah, but Drinky could put up 150 in weeks where I can't yeah, see could. Jermaine doing that, and Jermaine. You know he'll be seven fifty after this week. If I do some yeah. trades, I might not min- even need him this week. So, you know, do it well, like. But even if we seven hundred, oh, yeah. I, oh, Sweet drinks had an incredible season. Just looking at these numbers, like when you when you look back at his weeks. So from round, so he had that suspension um, after round two, didn't he? Um, or round three or something like that. I can't remember. It was against the Broncos. He scored one. So anyway, he's got one in his overall average. He's still averaging, um, you know, 78 before whatever he <laughs> averages up to after this week. So, so what's he gone? 70, 49, 105, 44, 54, 75, 95, 117, 104, 95, 140. They're big scores. And he only scored one try in that uh-huh. – sorry, three tries in that run as well. So, my God, it's it's hard to sort of say no to – The cows are hot, mate. The cows are hot. They are. They are so hot right now. And you look at Manly, that's winnable para – then they get – how many do they get at home? And I think the hard one, two, ones are at three. home too. Like the Eels are yeah. at home. There was another – like I'm like, oh. Yeah, Broncos are at home. Sharks yeah. are at home. Yeah, so that's the other thing. And then they got Dolphins at Suncorp. Panthers, they might get, get rested. Jeez, that's pretty – I think you've got to – you got to make the argument for drink water. I'm you? talking myself into it, James. I'm telling you, I'm talking yeah. myself into it. I know my team will be better balanced the other way, but I yeah. think – I reckon – what I'm going to do is if I can do the math and do it in a way that I still have, like, I come to my final team, because really all I need is another front rower, and I'm even thinking, like, to your point, Joey Taps, like, he's only mm. 600K. I'd almost be pretty happy to just lock him in, um, you know, and that saves me 100 grand or 150, 200 grand, rather than going up to someone like a Hass or a Tino, so there's another hundred grand, and then I only really need to bring in pretty much Cleary, and then maybe Latrell or Drinky would be my yeah. only other two people until I'm yeah. set, and I've got nine trades. So I'm like, if I can do yeah. that and still have five trades left over, it means I could potentially just go cook straight to um, Harry Grant or something. Yeah, like that. that'd it's be the like go. Another and Drinkwater is three percent owned as well. Oh, like yeah. that's okay. a big point exactly. of difference. Like that's a massive point yeah. of difference. I reckon I'm going to do it. 
That's that's yeah. Uh, like I'll probably chicken out, but that's where I'm leaning no, at this point. No, in time. I, I rate it. I think I'm gonna, I'm going to roll the trail. Like I think um, I don't have his price in front of me here. Actually, what the trail sort of price in at the moment? But yeah, drink. What is a very good shout? I think. Yeah, so he's not even that. That's not far different, is he? Jeez, Latrell's oh man, I, and I'm real confident in Latrell coming back. Sorry to all the listeners, this is a lot of ranting and raving, and you know, mm. not too much. Oh, he's eight thirteen actually. That's not too bad. Mm, that's not too bad. And he's no, got a one thirty nine break even. So, oh man, that's going to be tough. That's what I'm going to be rolling around anyway. Anyway, I won't yeah. keep I won't keep everyone too long with us ranting backwards and forwards. But I really, I think the point of that, in, and I know it's super obvious because, like, everyone would be looking at Drinky going, look at what he scored. But I just think it's a really, really, you know, it could be a really good play um, with his with his draw upcoming and that extra week over Latrell. Yeah, I agree, Brian. I think we've, we've talked about it enough. I think if you can find a way to get both in your team somehow, I think that would be the ultimate yeah. if you could somehow squeeze both in. But Yeah, I've got Gutho um, as my other one, so I could potentially yeah, turf off Gutho. Yeah, you could go up and go get, up. Yeah. yeah, I reckon that would be, that'd be my show because Gutho covers the buy and then like, I guess Gutho will probably max out after this, um, this week coming up. So I wouldn't think that would be such a stupid idea is go up from Gutho. Yeah, I don't mind that. Latrell and go up again. And I think that was that was <laughs> going to be my plan because I've got I've got Gutho and AJ Brimson, but I can roll Brimson into the six, and I could upgrade Ponga, but that'd be a pretty um, interesting thing because Ponga's goal kicking now, Brian. Like, yeah, oh, mate, he, he, he's almost untradeable at the moment while he's goal kicking. So, so there's a lot of you sort of need to find a way to squeeze in as many fullbacks as you can at the best times as a coach. But this is this is getting good towards the end of this year. This is really exciting. Love it. I love it. And the and the Aussies just got a wicket in the cricket, James. So on that uh, note, let's let's go settle in to watch them roll the tail in the next half an hour. Guys, hope you liked the pod this week. If you did, give us a review, recommend to a friend, all that kind of stuff. Uh, James, thanks for coming in on a Sunday night again. Another big week ahead. It'll be a limited week uh, in terms of games, but we'll still be here next Sunday night getting ready. Um, our juice is flowing for a Queensland 3-0 whitewash. Yeah, got my jersey ready to rock and roll again, Brian, and sing an I-I-I-P-P-I for 3-0. <laughs> if we get up 3-0, I'll be the most cocky, arrogant son of a bitch <laughs> you've ever seen for about four weeks after. Like, can, even... you imagine the, can you imagine the vibe in Queensland, Brian? Honestly. I'm Honestly. not even kidding. In the last like week, I have been teaching Isabel, my eldest, two songs. The Ba-na-na-na-na-na na song from um, yep. Gold, it was Golden Circle or whatever it was. And yeah, 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 P-P-I. She's like, yeah, what good is Queensland <laughs> singing? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just teaching it to her. So just indoctrinating, indoctrinating them young, you know, just making sure she gets yeah. origin from a young Very age. good. Very, very good. <laughs> Love it, guys. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next Sunday and up the mighty, mighty Redcliffe Dolphins. Suspected broken left fibula. Suffering syndesmosis. After that stem cell injury that he's come back from. That's about it, mate.